You are tuned to the Nahum Siegel Network on jmandtheam.org and nachumsegel.com. Stay tuned for JM Sunday with Matis Weingast.
Good morning, everyone. Welcome to another edition of JM Sunday, right here on the Nachum Siegel Network. My name is Matis Weingast. I'm here with you today on the 17th of January, the seventh day in the month of Shvat, 5776. It's going to be a nice day here in the North New Jersey area. Right now it's 34 degrees and partly cloudy, going up to a high of 37 degrees. Maybe even a touch warmer I hear now. Clear and going down to 25 degrees, partly cloudy tonight. In Jerusalem, 62 degrees and sunny, 48 degrees going down to uh, tonight and um, clear. If you're studying Daf Yomi, uh, it's Gitten Daf 35. Today on the show, I have, uh, as usual, Rabbi Goldwasser with Morning Kachizuk and uh, the News from Israel scheduled for 8 o'clock with Hannah Julian. And then in the second hour, I think it's about 8.15, we're going to be joined by uh, the author of The Seven Fruits of the Land of Israel, a, a cookbook, and much more than a cookbook, that was published uh, last year by uh, Hannah Bracha Siegelbaum. So we'll talk to her about the book and see how it's going. Many delicious recipes in there. I'm sure they're all delicious. Um, and they look really great. So that's our plan for today. And uh, music, a lot of music. So we'll get right to that. Start off with the Shlemy Tausig here on JM Sunday. Thanks for listening, everyone. If you want to send a, a message, go ahead through the uh, app, nachamsegel.com. You can listen there. Uh, the NSN app is available, of course. Best way to listen. Like us on Facebook and all that stuff. So here's Shlemy Tausig on uh, JM Sunday. Thanks for listening as we play great music and programming for your listening pleasure right here on the Nachum Siegel Network.
Kelly 
the Waterbury Yeshiva album that was uh, Kiavi before then. Before that, we heard uh, from Nissan Michaels. Before that, David Ardashti, David Schlosselberg, Shlomo Katz, and Shlemy Tausig. Matas Weingast here with you on JM Sunday. We are coming to you live, as we always do, on uh, the mornings from 7 to 9 a.m. on Sundays, Eastern Time, right here on the Nachum Siegel Network. Later on today, uh, we have great programming on the stream, including encore presentations of uh, the Z Report with Yossi Zweig, the uh, SNS program with Avrami from last night, and uh, nine, Top 9 at 9 with Yossi Zweig. I'm told that the court report today at 7 p.m. on the network will uh, will feature... Elliot Weiselberg, of course, who will break down the entire playoff picture in both the JV and Varsity Hockey Leagues. And uh, he will recap the action from last weekend's Saffron Memorial Tournament. All that and more, 7 p.m. tonight, only on the Nachum Siegel Network, NachumSiegel.com, NSN app. We'll get to Rabbi Goldwasser in just a moment. Uh, Certainly it's uh, been a difficult time, to say the least, this past Shabbos. We heard about the death of a six-year-old boy in Highland Park when a car jumped the curb. His mother is in serious condition, and we wish her a full shalema. And we heard about the 22-year-old Passaic woman who went missing on Thursday night 
and was found in her submerged car in the Passaic River yesterday afternoon following a massive two-day search. And uh, we certainly wish condolences, at least, to uh, to both families. If you get a chance, uh, post it on the Internet in many different places. Rabbi Eisman from Passaic wrote a, a beautiful message last night. And uh, I certainly urge you to read what he wrote regarding the uh, the woman who went missing in Passaic. Uh, there was, of course, a tremendous, as I said, a tremendous outpouring of uh, support for the search during the search with all different agencies working together and so many different people working together, uh, spearheaded by, I believe, Chaveirim and uh, Hatzalah and, as I said, other organizations from all over the area. So, uh, unfortunately, it didn't end the way everybody had hoped, but, um, no, not but, it didn't end the way everybody had hoped, of course. And uh, the uh, unity of coming together for the search uh, certainly was something that uh, was noticed by by law enforcement officials. And, uh, again, it didn't have the outcome everybody uh, expected and and, uh, really hoped and davened for, but... um, the uh, that unity was there. Rabbi Goldwasser has uh, some words of uh, ti- timely words, I guess I would say, for uh, for the situation, and uh, we will go to him right now, as we do every Sunday through Thursday. We present to you Rabbi David Goldwasser, Rabbi Goldwasser's words: Lezecha Nishmas, Rav Zeb, Rav Yosef Halevi, and Esther Bas, Rav Yosef Halevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. We read in the Torah, mizbeach, A permanent fire shall remain aflame on Mizbeach. Loisivke, it shall not be extinguished. We learn in the Mishnah in the Pirkei Avos, Asara nisim There were ten miracles that were performed for our ancestors, Veves in the Holy Temple. Veloikibu hagshomim eish. And the rains never extinguished the fire of the altar. The great Reb Chaim of Elohim asks, We know that there's nothing that Hashem cannot do. Hashem could have ensured that no rain should fall on the Mizbech at all. Then, each time the rain fell, there would be no special need for the miracle that the fire of the altar should not be extinguished. Reb Chaim Balozhner answers, This is intended to teach us the proper way that a person has to conduct himself in this world. No matter what happens, no matter what the conditions or situation is, one should never lose his footing, his maimed, in Avodos HaKodesh, in serving Hashem. Just like the fire would constantly burn on the Mizbeach, and even the strongest rains and winds were unable to douse the fire, so too, as difficult as certain periods may be in a person's life, we strive to keep our balance and not veer even slightly from our path. Sometimes a person may rationalize that he has to act in a certain way because there's a unique situation. The apostle teaches us that one must be implacable when it comes to Avodos Hashem. We read in Hashem. Behold, my word is like fire, the word of Hashem. And like a hammer that shatters a rock. 
Hashem's word must be like fire, the fire of the Mizbeach, and can never be extinguished. During the past few days, Klal Yisrael has been tested. A storm charged into the world and threatened our sense of safety, security, peace and tranquility. But like the fire on the Mizbeach, we must remain strong and continue in our Avodos Hashem, forging ahead to emerge stronger than ever. A king once sent his son to a faraway land. He wanted him to learn the Chochmus of the elders who were living there. After years, the son returned to the palace. Interested to see what he learned, the king presented his son with a very large boulder and asked him to take it up to the roof of the palace without any help. The prince looked at the stone and said, But father, even ten people wouldn't be able to carry it up. How do you expect me to carry it up all by myself? Disappointed, the king responded, Why do you think I sent you to that faraway land? From all that you learned there, you were unable to learn how to lift this stone. Ashamed, the son admitted that he had no idea how to carry it up. The king explained that he could have taken a hammer and broken the stone into smaller pieces so that he would be able to carry it up. Similarly, explains the great Rav Nachman of Breslov, Hashem wants us to serve Him with a complete heart. But we have a lave evan. We have hearts of stone. Our task is to strike our heart with a hammer. That's Torah and mitzvahs in order to break the heart of stone and be true avodim of Hashem. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day.
Mordechai Ben David here with uh, Simintov on JM Sunday. That was by request from listener Yaakov. Thanks so much. And before that, also by request, we heard Micha Gammerman, and that was by request from uh, listener Yehuda. So thanks so much for uh, asking about those songs. And those came in through the NSN app, which is uh, the best way in the world and around the world to listen to uh, JM Sunday and the entire Nachum Siegel network. If you don't have it yet, uh, then, um, then we, uh, suggest that you get it and, uh, and listen in that way. Uh, my thanks again. It's 8 o'clock in the morning Eastern Time here on JM Sunday, the 17th of January, 7th day in the month of Shvat. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, it's certainly a difficult time the last few days. We thank Rabbi Goldwasser for his, uh, words of chizuk in this time as we, um, uh, Certainly, we heard about the death of the six-year-old boy in Highland Park yesterday. A, a car jumped a curb while he was on his way with his mother to a Pirche group and struck them both. Uh, the mother is in serious condition, and the boy passed away from his injuries. We wish her a full shalema to the, uh, to the mother and condolences to the family. And uh, then the, um, the search for the missing 22-year-old Passaic woman that went on for two days uh, did not end uh, as everyone had hoped. She was found, but uh, apparently her, her car had gone into the Passaic River, and uh, she was in the car when uh, when that happened, so she, she drowned, and the car was found yesterday afternoon at around 4.30, I believe. Uh, there was a massive search for her involving um, hundreds and hundreds of uh, volunteers. All organizations worked supremely well together and as Rabbi Eisenman of the Passaic uh, mentioned and others have mentioned it didn't matter where uh, where you were from everybody got together and uh, and did this massive search uh, I guess I mean you know thankfully she was found but unfortunately it was not in the way that uh, everyone had hoped and expected so uh, that is the uh, that's that's what we're dealing with here in the this area of the world, um, and we wish condolences to her family also. It is uh, time now for our news from Israel. Khan Julian, Middle East news analyst and senior correspondent at JewishPress.com, joins us every Sunday morning to bring us the uh, bring us up to date on the latest happenings in the state of Israel. Good morning, Khan Julian. 
Good morning, Mathis. Uh, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu says that he will promote the NGO that requires organizations to reveal their fiscal backing when they receive more than half of their funds from foreign sources. Netanyahu says that he's agreed to delete a controversial clause that is that uh, requiring NGO representatives to wear ID tags in the Knesset, and he won't require reports about the first shekel or dollar from foreign governments, even though that is the standard in the United States. Netanyahu said in remarks at the beginning of this week's cabinet meeting that he cannot understand how a requirement for transparency is anti-democratic, however. In a democratic regime, you need to know who's financing an organization. The transparency law was approved last month by the Ministerial Committee for Legislative Affairs. It was proposed by Justice Minister Ayelet Shaked. Netanyahu recommended that Israel adopt the same norms that are accepted in the U.S. House of Representatives. As you know, in the United States, that first dollar has to be revealed to the government if it's coming from a foreign source. Netanyahu thinks that perhaps that should be adopted in Israel as well, and foreign governments are not happy with that idea, including the United States, by the way. They're not too pleased that Israel is considering adopting the same standards. Uh, Anti-Christian graffiti has once again been targeted, has targeted uh, a church here in Israel. This time, the Domitian Abbey and Mount Zion in Jerusalem was sprayed with the words, Death to Christians, Enemies of Israel. In fact, more than ten different inscriptions were written in Hebrew on the walls and doors of the monastery and neighboring cemeteries. Graffiti was also found at the Austrian hospice in the Old City. Public Security Minister Gilad Erdan has vowed to put a high priority on finding and arresting those who perpetrated what he called this despicable act. The Prime Minister also has condemned the vandalism. An Arab terrorist was put out of action this afternoon after trying to stab Israeli soldiers near Shechem. The attacker pulled out a knife and lunged at one of the soldiers of the Samaria Territorial Brigade. That's according to the IDF spokesperson's unit. Other soldiers at the site fired in response and shot the terrorist. He died of his wounds. No Israelis were hurt in the attack. And an unexploded anti-tank bomb was found in the Tanya today. It was a roadside landmine that had been used by the defending Israeli forces during the British Mandate period. The bomb was defused safely by sappers. And finally, some really good news on the energy front. Another natural gas field has been found along the borders of the Tamar Gas Reservoir off the Israeli coastline. Isramco and Modi'in Energy LP are the two companies involved in this. The firm of Netherlands Sewell and Associates issued the resources estimate on the two licenses held by the companies. They're called Daniel East and Daniel West. Together, they form a gas field that, according to one of the shareholders, has the greatest potential since the discovery of the Leviathan gas field. That is a truly mammoth gas reservoir. Trading on the Daniels was uh, suspended in the Tel Aviv Stock Exchange while the report was being issued, and when it resumed, 
Isramco was up by 8.46%. Modi'in had jumped by 34.3%. So for those of you who invest in energy, take a look at the Israeli gas fields tonight. Meanwhile, let's take a quick look at the weather. It's really sunny here in Israel, brisk but sunny. About 64 degrees for the high today, dropping to 48 degrees tonight. Clear skies. Look for cloudy skies tomorrow. And by Tuesday, the rain is coming back, and we'll have rain on Wednesday. A mix of sun and clouds on Thursday. Pretty chilly throughout the week, so keep those jackets handy. Have a great week, everyone. I'm Connie Julian for Jam Sunday. That's our news from Israel. Thanks, Connie Julian. We'll see you next week right here on Jam Sunday exclusively on the Nachum Siegel Network. It's 8.07 in the morning, and shortly we'll be joined by Hannah Bracha Siegelbaum, who's the author of The Seven Fruits of the Land of Israel. And uh, we will um, we will uh, talk about the book uh, just in time for Tubishvat. We have here by request another request, which will which will play. It's uh, Rachem by Yaakov Shweki, right here on JM Sunday, exclusively on the Nachum Siegel Network. אני רוצה להזמין אל הבמה את ברוך לוין! את אחינו! איך הוא נכנס כפיים שלכם? את חיים ישראל! איפה חיים ישראל? וכמובן את החזן העולמי, הפברוטי היהודי, אישמאייר הרצפורד! ויחד איתכם
You never know what happens with uh, live radio, right? Isn't it? Uh, isn't that great? Uh, it is. Uh, 8.14 in the morning here on JM Sunday Eastern Time. We are in the North New Jersey, and uh, my thanks to all those listening. That was a request by um, by listener Shana in Israel. So that was Rachem by Yaakov Shweki. Uh, it is uh, right now 37 degrees here in North New Jersey. It's kind of cold, but it's nice out. It's going down to a low of 25 tonight. I, my thanks again to Hannah Julian for uh, the news from Israel. And uh, we look forward to her uh, returning next Sunday morning, as uh, as always. Well, it gives me great pleasure to welcome to the air Rebetzin Hannah Brachel Siegelbaum, who is the author of The Seven Fruits of the Land of Israel, with their mystical and medicinal properties. Rebetzin Hannah Brachel, welcome to JM Sunday. Thank you very much. It's nice being here. <laughs> Thank you. Now, uh, there are a lot of things that, that you do and uh, a lot of great things in which you're involved, but I'd like to start by focusing on this uh, cookbook, which you uh, published, I believe, about a year and a half ago. It's very timely, uh, again, for Tu Bishvat, coming up a week from uh, tonight. 
and it's a lot more than just a cookbook. Obviously, it is a, uh, a f- over 400-page book that um, goes through the seven species that are mentioned in the Torah connected to the land of Israel, and you have over 200, I believe, recipes. What prompted you to write this book, to publish this book in this way? Well, it was kind of a work in progress. First of all, I was teaching about the seven fruits of the land of Israel as part of my herbal herbology workshop that I teach here in my own garden where I grow most of these fruits. And uh, I teach my own students uh, at my midrashah, at my seminary for women here in Bat'ayin, Kushetion in Israel. And we would go and collect some of the fruits and do things with them. We would make pomegranate juice, we would make fixed bread, we would make olives, and we would uh, uh, learn Torah text pertaining to each of these fruits and how special they are and how you can connect with God through learning about them and eating, eating them and especially blessing on them and blessing the land of Israel for them because the land is praised by these special fruits. Absolutely. Now, do you find, uh, or actually I should say, what are your thoughts about these seven fruits? We know that they're mentioned in the Torah. Do you find a connection, uh, I guess, nutritionally or, uh, I don't know if scientifically is really the right word, but I, I guess nutritionally more than anything else, that these are connected in some way that makes sense that these are the seven fruits listed? Or do you feel that because these were the fruits listed, therefore they became the ones that were a part of Israel and a part of us in our diet? Well, I think it's opposite. It's uh, the reason why they are listed. Hashem chose these fruits because they have both you know, nutritional and medicinal and and as well as spiritual properties. And it's very interesting because in Kabbalah we talk about the ten sfirot and the seven lower sfirot. Each of them, according to the Arizal, correspond to one of these fruits. And, for example, wheat corresponds to chesed, which is kindness. And, uh, you know, kindness and also expansion, going out of oneself towards someone else. And it's interesting that the nutritionally wheat have properties that are synchronized with kindness, with expansion. For example, they uh, increase mother's milk, which is uh, the most kind thing there is in the world, and which is also, you know, they increase, they expand her milk. And in addition, it's very, wheat is very, very nourishing. And when you're really hungry, that's uh, even with all the wheat allergies that I do address in my book, still most people consume Wheat is one of the products that's consumed the most, because when you're really hungry and you want something nourishing, you're looking for something with wheat. Right, traditionally. That's one example, but yeah. in my book I go through each of the fruits with their spiritual properties, according to the sphirot, the spheres through which God manifests in the world, and also nutritionally how, and how it's synchronized, which is really very exciting to see. The The book is set up very nicely in the beginning, uh, there's this chart on pages 36 and 37 to which you just referenced where you talk about the uh, the seven fruits and you list different things about each one. That, Like you said, we discussed that uh, Saora is Gavura, strength, uh, and uh, then you also list uh, the different, I guess, feelings associated with them like love and awe and mercy. 
and then you also tie in the uh, the the parts of the body, uh, left leg, uh, mouth, the heart. Uh, it, it's very intricate and very interesting to see. Then throughout the rest of the book on each of the um, fruits, you have a nutritional guide, uh, and you have recipes, and you have stories. Uh, it must have taken a, a, a lot of work and a lot of time, I'm sure, to put this beautiful volume together. Boch Hashem, it was, uh, it, you know, it developed gradually from different stages until it became this book that you can now, you know, purchase today. And it also has a, a whole guide for Tubishvat. This is something that became popular the last 50 years, is to um, to do a Tubishvat Seder, which yes. is going to be next week. And that's what I've been myself conducting for more than 30 years. I've been hosting a Tubishvat Seder, where we eat these specific fruits and others as well, but especially these, even in Halakha. It states that on Tubishvat you should eat a fruit from the land of Israel. Right. And so this is, Tubishvat is a time to remember the land of Israel, and one way to connect with the land of Israel is by eating fruits that are grown in the land of Israel, and especially fruits that the land of Israel is praised by. Because these are all the fruits that naturally grow in Israel without any additional irrigation. So they're like the holy fruits. Right, right, which is also very interesting that they're paired together like this. Rebbet Simchana Bracha is my guest this morning. The uh, book is The Seven Fruits of the Land of Israel. I keep on calling it a book. It's it's a cookbook, but it's really, there, there's so much information in here. And uh, Now, the recipes themselves, let's t- touch on those for a minute. Uh, they, I think there are about 200 recipes. I looked through many of them. I haven't tried any of them yet, but some of them, I mean, they all seem delicious. From pomegranate yogurt dip, um, to uh, to even you know the wheat recipes uh, are just amazing. So I have to try a, a number of them if I can. Uh, are these all recipes that you've put together? Uh, and and I assume that you've tried them all and, and taste tested them all. Um, how did you come up with many of them? Oh, it's a whole <laughs> concoction of things. That, and many of them I use them. You know, I use in my own diet. They, as you notice, they're all like very healthy, like uh, wheatgrass, uh, that's something that I drink myself, and then uh, sprouted wheat bread is uh, what I eat for Shabbat, uh, instead of uh, the unhealthy white challah. Right. Uh, and so many of them, yes, it's uh, things from my own kitchen, and my own, from my garden and kitchen as well. Now, let, let's talk a minute about the uh, about the, the health uh, uh, um, I guess I, I don't know how to put it. The, um, the we we know, for instance, that uh, it, it says that a, a meal with um, with meat and wine is supposed to be the you know the best meal or the happiest meal or whatever. Yet, uh, w- wouldn't you say that uh, from a nutritional level, the Torah gives us a a great guideline? for um, for how to eat healthy, and I don't think most people realize that in that sense. Right, and for example, I write there about how Rambam talks about the healthy kind of bread that uh, a person should eat, and I, and I quote the Rambam about each of the seven fruits there is a, I found a Rambam, yes. mm-hmm. and, and he talks about sourdough, whole wheat, you know, he specifically specifies it has to be whole wheat kernels, and and it has to be sourdough, and so um, 
you know, today, first of all, uh, the wheat that we get is not uh, the original wheat that they had in Rambam's time, right. and it's certainly not in the Talmud's time, and that's why there's so many problems with uh, wheat allergies today, which I address from both a nutritional, emotional, and spiritual aspect in my book, which, uh, you know, more and more people are allergic to that. But uh, originally, wheat bread is healthy, you know, when it's made in the right way without yeast, etc. Of course, I mean, it is a, a staple to a diet around the world, but, you know, like anything else, it has to be uh, the right kind, it has to be prepared properly, it has to be eaten properly, and, and in, in, in a moderation like anything else. Uh, I had mentioned that in each of the... Um, uh, each of the the fruit sections, you have the nutritional facts, and you know, looking at something like olive oil. I mean, everybody knows that olive oil, the right kind, the right way, is a very healthy product, and it it contains you know so many minerals and vitamins. And I don't think people realize that a little bit of olive oil <laughs> can make a big difference to a person's diet and a person's metabolism. Yeah, for sure. And and uh, olive oil has also been misrepresented. People uh, think that canola oil is better to fry in, uh, whereas olive oil actually have a higher smoking point, making it healthier to use that versus other oils for frying. However, frying is always the least healthy way of using any oil. Right. And, uh, and as you see in my recipes, I add olive oil after the food is cooked for the raw olive oil. That's when you get all the nutrients and all the vitamin E that it's full of. It's also interesting because olives uh, correspond to yesod, which is the reproductive system, mm-hmm. and that is uh, why vitamin E is uh, it's fil- filled with vitamin. It's packed with vitamin E, which is what uh, the reproductive system needs. Right. It's funny you you said that just as I was on the page that started the connection between yesod and the skin, which which talks a little bit about that also. Uh, this book you know was amazing. I've as I said, I've read through a lot of it, haven't tried the recipes, but just in, in reading you learn so much, and, uh, you know, it's a tremendous work. Uh, how does this tie into, um, you mentioned before you teach, um, and you have the Midrash at the Birot Barayin, how does this all work into your to your mindset and your, your life uh, with, with teaching others? So uh, that's how my books become books. First I teach it, and then, you know, in order to teach, I write a whole Megillah. <laughs> a lesson plan can turns into a book. So this is how the, this is the, the core of the book was like seven lesson plans, and I put it together. Wow. You know, and then, and then I teach about Tubishvat, and that's also a big part of the book uh, about, uh, you know, why it's important to do a Tubishvat Seder and how to do it, and there's like an exact, there's even like a whole uh, Tubishvat Seder placemat inside of the inside of the book, so that you can have exact instructions about this. And when we do this Tubishvat Seder, the idea of it is really to connect to the land of Israel, and specifically also to connect with the Garden of Eden. And we believe that through healthy, holy, mindful eating that we are able to actually do a little rectification or big rectification for what went on the first eating in the Garden of Eden. Right. So I'll go out on, I'll go out on a little limb here. Would, would you say that uh, if, a, if a person uh, 
Well, let me let me start it this way. We are a people of the of the food, you know, people of the book, but certainly we we are people of food. But would you say would you say that uh, if somebody wants or is looking for a spiritual awakening uh, in their Judaism or whatever path they're on, uh, they would do well to um, to follow a regimen of the spiritual foods that we've been given. Uh, definitely, and and you know, and it's also how you eat. Like eating, is it's what you eat, when you eat, how you eat, and how much you eat. You know, all of this uh, is is like one. You know, it all goes together, and uh, for sure, that's a big part of uh, of Judaism. You know, it's a, the many Torah books written about eating and eating in a holy way. And my book addresses that as well. Absolutely. Uh, Rabbi Zinchana is my guest here, The Seven Fruits of the Land of Israel. I want to take a minute to thank uh, Stuart Schnee, who uh, brought us together. He's a, a great publicist and has uh, suggested many excellent um, uh, interviews, including with you, and I appreciate that and appreciate his work. I understand that you're going to be on a tour in the next few months, uh, doing a, uh, a speaking tour or learning tour. Tell us about that, please. Yes, I'm going to be, um, I'm, I'm leaving, I'm going to be starting in Toronto, March 6th, moving through Montreal, Florida, uh, possibly Seattle, Los, Ange- Los Angeles, and uh, Baltimore, Silver Spring, New York, and then I'm leading a retreat for women, a spiritual healing retreat in the Isabella Friedman Jewish Retreat Center. And then I'm going to be in Muncie wow. and New Jersey and going back home. <laughs> if, if people want to, and you live in Israel, of course. Uh, yes. If people want to get in touch with you, uh, either about... Um, uh, you know, the learning, uh, your books, uh, the tour, how would they best do that? So we have, um, I have an email, that's easy, and uh, you want to tell everyone? Sure, uh, please give it to us. We'll uh, so it's uh, director, and then it's at, and peerot batayin, B-E-R-O-T-B-A-T-A-Y-I-N dot O-R-G, that is the name of my organization, Midrashet Beirut Bat Ein. People can come here and learn for shorter and longer as well. Women of all ages are welcome. We have a 60-something-year-old now, and we also have a 17-year-old. Wow. So we have three generations, and they can contact me through that. We have the website with the same ending, www.beirutbatein.org. Okay, great. And, uh, but is there time for me to just... I just wanted to end with um, the importance of the fruits. Uh, yes, absolutely, in please. The, in terms of the Geula, I really hope uh, some of the listeners uh, will come and see me in some of my various uh, places, and they can check out where I am when from the website as well. Great. And so I just wanted to end with uh, the very famous Sanhedrin, and the Gmoa Sanhedrin, where it talks about what is the science of redemption, like the redemption, because we're really going towards Mashiach now, and this is part of it. Is also our return to to more healthy way of living and to returning to the fruits. Because what does it say? So it, the Sanhedrin 98a quotes a pasuk in Yecheskel, but you mountains of Israel shall give forth your branches and yield your fruit to my people Israel, for soon they will be coming, and then. Based on this, the Talmud says there is 
no more revealed sign of the end of days than when the land of Israel will produce fruits in abundance. So I thought, you know, we're seeing that happening now. The fruits are amazing here in Israel. And, uh, and we see that uh, there is an abundance of it. And it's, uh, and it's interesting to notice that that is a sign of redemption, specifically the fruits coming in, being manifest in, in Israel. And that is like we're coming to our fruition. We're coming to, you know, connecting with God in, in, through these fruits. And that is how we're going to get to the place where the whole world will be filled of knowledge of Hashem, like the water covers the sea, as it says in Yeshayahu Isaiah. Amen. It's a fascinating observation you made, and uh, we, all, we all pray for this and, uh, you know, hope for it very, very soon. Rebetzin Khanabracha, thank you so much for joining me this morning on JM Sunday. Uh, we look forward to hearing from you again. Good luck on your tour. Maybe we'll meet up sometime uh, when you get to this area. And uh, I, I wish you a, a good day, a good week, and a uh, happy Tubishvat. Thank you so much to send to you and to all the listeners. May it be a happy and may it be a meaningful and mindful Tubishvat. Amen. Thank you for hosting me. Lidraot. Lidraot. Thank you so much. Rebetzin Chana Bracha Siegelbaum, author of uh, the book The Seven Fruits of the Land of Israel with their mystical and medicinal properties. It's available all over. You can get it on Amazon. You can get it at all the bookstores. It's a menorah uh, books publication. M-E-N-O-R-A-H. Menorah Books Publication. So my thanks again. It's 8.33 in the morning. We're going to go back to the music here on JM Sunday. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We are exclusive to the Nachum Siegel Network.
מזכירים שהיום החתונה ממש עכשיו ריאת עולם קטנה כמו נולדו חתן עם
Money that you spend can't make time I find it bizarre even for me How people go around killing time You can spend all your time chasing money But all the racing will be wasting your time Realize the risk you are running Cause you were running, you were running out of time Yes, money, money, money
Yeah. 
Needed by the New York Boys Choir as we get set to end up today's show here on JM Sunday. My thanks to everybody for listening, all the requests. My thanks to Rebbe Sinchana Bracha Siegelbaum for her uh, for the great interview and uh, for her uh, book, The uh, Seven Fruits of the Land of Israel, just in time for Tu Bishvat. Uh, this uh, coming week, a week from tonight, is Tubishvat. Great programming, con- great programming continues all day long here on the stream on the Nachum Siegel Network. First run with Court Report at uh, seven o'clock with Elliot Weiselberg. Don't forget to tune into that. We'll see you all next week. Tomorrow is a federal holiday here in the United States. Nachum will be in at six a.m. tomorrow, followed by the Israel Show with Mayor Weingarten. Uh, but many people have off tomorrow, so uh, it'll give you a great time to listen to the entire stream. Uh, listen all day long tomorrow, and uh, it's a great way to start the week. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next week right here on JM Sunday.